Nashville. I'm Bucky. Juice box. Old boy. And on this week's episode, we want to bring to you um, a common kind of thread uh, in regards to just sightseeing in Nashville. Some right? landmarks. Yeah, some some landmarks. Some some things that we're kind of known for. Some things that, as a Nashvilleian or somebody who you know lives here now, uh, drives around and sees all the time. Uh, but doesn't necessarily know the stories behind them. Th- things like the Batman building or the Regions Bank building next to it, which somehow people think looks like R2-D2, which I've never gotten that. Uh, but it is literally on like the Nashville Convention and Visitors Corporation's website that it looks like R2-D2. What? Yes. You, okay, so obviously people have not seen Star Wars, if that's what they're basing <laughs> off of. Yeah, R2-D2 is white and not black. I mean, um, that whole building. Is, it looks it looks like a trash can. It, it does. It, the top of it is shaped kind of like R two D two, according to I don't I don't know people. I, um, I don't get downtown enough. I need to look this up. <laughs> but it's, you're gonna look it up and you're gonna be like, what the hell are people talking about? Yeah. Uh, other things like the I believe in Nashville sign that we've you know covered during our uh, tornado episode or no sorry our flood episode, and th- just all these obscurities around Nashville. Another thing is the painted guitars that you see all over the city. Yeah. And it's like every other city. Like, I think Louisville, Kentucky has horses, mm-hmm. and they're all painted. Um, We've got catfish also. We do have catfish. Uh, I'm going to get into the meaning behind that in a little bit. But um, So this week's episode, I'm going to title, What is that? Yeah. What is that? So, And, and what we're going to do is we are going to bring to you statues of Nashville. Um, you know, you, you've heard about the murals. Uh, we all know about the, the shapes of the buildings now. Uh, old boy's about to learn about one of them. But there are also these things in Nashville, uh, some of them around roundabouts, some of them on rivers, uh, some of them on Dickerson Road. And you drive by oh, yeah. and you're like, what is that? And I think what sparked our conversation was the uh, the roller coaster looking thing downtown. Uh, yeah, and, that monstrosity. And everybody, you know, always talks about it. It looks like, you know, you just took a section of the Wabash Cannonball from Opryland and painted it red and put it on the river. Yeah, Hangman yeah, was red, right? I heard that middle part was like the projector from um, that indoor roller coaster, too. Is that not right? Chaos. Chaos, yeah. It's all coming together. I didn't now. know that, but they, they easily could have done that. Turns out, when you do a little research, it is not that. So, we have to ask the question, what is that? So, we're going to cover three big ones uh, this week and then talk about some of the other ones around Nashville. Uh, The biggest, obviously, being the Parthenon and Centennial Park. Right. Um, Why do we have an exact replica of the Parthenon in Nashville? It makes absolutely no sense. Um, The top of the roundabout on Demumbrian of all the naked bronze dancing statues. You know, so I, I really wanted to know what was that. Yeah, was um, And that. then the more of the more recent inst- uh, art installations that have been included in Nashville is the roundabout next to the Music City Center, and that are just large painted sticks uh, thrown in a circle. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of controversy behind all three of those things and some more art installations that have been put in. But you know, Nashvilleians want to know why you're spending seven hundred grand on sticks. 
pieces mm-hmm. of wood that you dig in the ground, it couldn't have cost that much, right? But uh, I thought they were straws. They're like no, no, okay. They're not pickup sticks either. Oh, wow. um, so before we get into those big three, we want to go. I mean, let's revisit uh, the roller coaster downtown. It's called the Ghost Ballet, and the fuck, yeah. <laughs> Yes, it's called the Ghost Ballet. It actually mm-hmm. has an even longer name than that, but I did not write that down. But what it is, it is a memorial to departed river and railroad industries. So before, and we've done this on our Lower Broadway episode, you know, we were a huge hub for uh, river business yeah. um, and railroad business downtown uh, before they took out, what, Union uh, Station? Yeah. Um, and turned it into a hotel. So that is paying homage somehow and in some way to those industries that no longer reside in Nashville. To rivers and railroad industries. Correct. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it's a history. Now, another one. What is that? Buffalo. Those, if you've seen, you've been driving around the Buffaloes on Dickerson Road. The the Hold on. I got a question about the Ghost Ballet. Sure. How much did that artist get paid? I'm gonna say that art installation probably cost between five hundred thousand and a million. No, yeah, they didn't get paid that much though. I think it was like four hundred thousand. Okay, so as I was getting into all right, Dickerson the, Road. Dickerson Road has a grouping, a, like a grouping of buffaloes in the middle of the median, like yeah. right close to downtown and the in Jefferson. Um, and I drive by that every day because I work in that part of town, and I've never really understood or wanted to know the stories of the buffaloes. I like the mystery of it and why there are buffaloes there. But for those of you who do want to know, it was created in 2009, and it marks the exact route the buffalo took from the north north of the city of Nashville to the Salt Licks on the Cumberland River, connecting Nashville's present with its past. Cool. Yeah. So... <laughs> Yeah, I'm sure there were buffaloes roaming everywhere back then. Back right? in the day. Yeah, that's pretty wild to think that buffaloes were uh, indigenous to Nashville. I, I just never would have imagined that. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a lot of things that you uh, wouldn't imagine that I, I'm assuming we're going to get into. Uh, the next thing you guys mentioned was the catfish. And there's guitars, yeah. there's horses in other cities. There's, I, I think, does New Orleans have. Uh, trumpets or something. No. Nah. <laughs> um, but that's a shot glass, I think. Yeah. <laughs> you often see in other cities uh, a bunch of a collection of one thing that makes that city iconic, and sure. you know, just people paint on it. Well, in 2003, um, there was a commissioned art expo, something or other, uh, about catfish, mm. and uh, they created 51 catfish. Um, and it was actually an awesome idea. It's the, the installation is called Catfish Out of Water, and it raised awareness for the water quality on the Cumberland River, which at that time was absolutely terrible. So since 2003, they actually said last year that the Cumberland River is now pretty much almost safe enough to swim in, and that's a hmm. big deal. So out of those 51 statues in 2003 of catfish, you were able to buy one. So they had an auction on all 51 of them. And for example, if you want to see these catfish out there um, in Green Hills, they're in front of the Boy Scouts of America yep. building. I saw that. Uh, a lot. They're out in front of the. There's one in front of the Nashville scene. There's one in front of the v- Vanderbilt Children's Hospital. Uh, there's one at the airport, and uh, apparently there's one on the Greenway, cl- somewhere close to First Avenue. Hmm. Um, but private collectors were buying an auction, like 
entering the auction to get these uh, catfish. 51 catfish. Mm-hmm. Um, so far, we only as uh, citizens can see like seven or eight of them. So where where the hell are oh. all the rest of these catfish? Huh. That's a lot of missing catfish. No shit. And I mean, are you going to put something that big in your house or like in your backyard? No, it ain't that good looking. Um, And that just marks a few things. I mean, there's a lot of stuff, you know, the the statues out in front of uh, War Memorial Auditorium. uh, They have to do with, uh, I think, the 19th Amendment women's right to vote because Tennessee was the 36th state to uh, bring that back or implement that. Mm. I know, behind the ball. Uh, When you get out to the Parthenon and Centennial Park, you see all kinds of stuff in that park. You know, old school World War II airplanes, statues of Davy Crockett. There's a bunch of stuff all around there, uh, and there's a reason behind them. So what we did was we decided to pick the you know three most three interesting or three that you see on a daily basis. Or should see. Yeah, because the roundabouts, I mean, they obviously connect a bunch of roads. Yeah. The Parthenon is, sits right across from Vanderbilt. You worth, know, it's got a huge park. Worth all, a visit, yeah. yeah. all kinds of stuff to do. Um, so... We'll let Juicebox kick it off because um, he has a pretty interesting one that's more recent to Nashville. So I have to ask Juicebox, what is that? Domo Arigato. I'm going to sail away talking about the roundabout sculpture that is called Sticks. Oh, <laughs> man. Dang. Uh, that was heavy. I did hey. not write one of those. Okay, so... That thing was built in 2015, and it was created by an artist named Christian Moeller, who is um, from Germany. Uh, I think he's now a professor at UCLA, or he was at for a little while there. He also has a bunch of other like pieces of art, like in big cities around the world. Like he's kind of known for making these larger than life sculptures. Sure. So this this one that he designed for for Nashville for the roundabout, like you said, right there by the Music City Center, has been kind of controversial. First off, it's the most expensive art installation that Nashville has commissioned. Which blows my mind. I mean, when you think about things like the Parthenon or like uh, bronze statues and stuff like that, this is just like wooden poles stuck in the ground. It it, it is, yeah. (laughs) It it cost $750,000, which um, I went back and looked it up. The Ghost Ballet was $500,000. That might have been the second most expensive. Wow. Whatever. Those things look cheap. Like, you could find them anywhere. Well, it's an, yeah, it's interesting. So, anyway, like, I was really trying to dive into, like, what's the meaning behind this? Like, you know, what what was the inspiration? Is there some kind of hidden meaning? Because I had always heard, like, it was something Native American, something to do with Native American. Sure. So, I was like searching for that and i could not find anything specific everything i found was just very loosely like one of one of the articles was like it's an homage to native americans who originally inhabited the area sure you could say that i don't know what more beyond that like there wasn't much more information even one article i looked up was like just some facts about that and it had like a specific thing it says the poles are made entirely of red cedar wood, and the green space is made of native grasses. Christian Muller was inspired by colors of Native American artwork and those who originally inhabited the city. 
Then here's an update. The sculpture is not meant to be representative or tied to Native American artwork. Almost oh, shit. It, it kind of sounds like they created this this backstory after people were getting pissed that you just threw up some sticks and it cost seven hundred fifty grand. Yeah, I mean, I guess so, or it's just like you know some white dude's like, yeah, this is Native American stuff. Yeah, sounds about so, right. And the story I heard on that was, and it was a real quick story. I heard it at the Music City Center, I think, right when it was being built. And they said that, you know, back in the day, Native Americans had to mark their territory. So other tribes, you know, came in and they knew that that was their land or they'd have to fight for it or whatnot. And they had these massive structure symbols so you could see them from very far away. So when the tribe starts to approach, they're like, oh, man, you know, the Shawnee got this land. Last time we lost in them, I don't think we should keep going for it. You're in in bad territory? Yeah. I got you. See, art is subjective, and I really thought they were straws. (laughs) So, here's another quote by Carolyn Vincent, who is the Director of Public Art for the Metro Nashville Arts Commission. Here's a direct quote from her. In my mind, it almost looks like giant pickup sticks. Sure. Which is the thing that we're supposed to say that it doesn't look like, or we're not (laughs) supposed to say it looks like. In my mind, it almost looks like giant pickup sticks. I think the artist even said he imagines it as a giant cluster of arrows falling from the sky, or something like that. (laughs) <laughs> wow. or something like that like she huh. <laughs> that puts that puts a whole new meaning to it now that tribe that did pull up on the shawnee we're like man we we can take these guys and just start think, flinging arrows think we can get them from here yeah it, it's like 300 arrows i mean i like that explanation too but I, it just feels like like you said like it was just uh retconned or something like uh what, what is this thing uh arrows something i don't know we need to make up something quick some land and, markers and that they found this guy who's from germany who's pro- professor at ucla and they said they paid this guy to come do something. You think he had like a brain fart and was like, "All right, this is what I'm going to do here." If he has other famous art in other cities, so he he has a lot of other famous art in other cities. Um, and I was looking at some of the other pieces that he has, and a lot of them have like. There's one in Canada that's called Trio. That's uh, let me show this to you guys. We'll put probably put it on a website or something. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it, it's some very something with a very similar color pattern and very similar features. He li- so it looks his, like he likes totem poles. That's his shtick. Yeah, so that was another thing, you know. Hmm. I don't, he's got a lot of other stuff that's like, you know, different than that. But he does have a lot of pieces that are still all using that same color pattern. That there, motif. So. Has, who, did he do that bean in Chicago? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I don't think so. Uh. That just appeared, like Flight of oh, the Navigator. It? Yeah, it's oh, a right. thing. One day it's going to pick up and fly away. It's a cosmic egg. It's, that's cool. That's what it is. Uh, well, I mean, that's good to know what that was because, I, you know, I drive that <laughs> roundabout all the time. And people, some people think it's cool. Some people don't. It looks a lot better at night when the, it's uplit. Well, let me, let, me, let me throw out a couple, more th- a couple more facts before we wrap up on this. So, originally, it's made up of 27 poles. They're 85 feet long, but they go 15 feet into the ground. So, they're 70 feet tall, you know, give or take a couple inches. They were originally supposed to be even taller than that. I think they were supposed to be, like, 85 feet tall. So, even going down into the ground, they're supposed to be even taller. There were supposed to be more of them, and they were all supposed to be capped with custom led light cap thing so the top of each one would like light up with like a different color or a different thing that huh. would be better they but, could go back and do that 
But they did end up not doing that because, uh, I guess, for budget reasons or something like that. It was going to be too expensive to create and maintain or something. So they ended up just uplighting it from the bottom with 15 LED lights. Yeah, and Native Americans didn't have LEDs. <laughs> By looking at that that structure in the roundabout there on um, whatever street that is, 8th Avenue, yeah, you know, whatever, sure. uh, Lafayette or Lafayette. Um, Lafayette. Do you think we could do that for less than $750,000? Me and you? Shit, yeah, dude. We'd go to fucking Lowe's right now. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> right? It, it would be interesting to know how much the dude got paid because basically, like, the the thing the um piece was installed by a company here in in Madison Tennessee that's um like an electrical they put up electrical poles gotcha. that's like oh, their wow. thing and these th- these even though they're like you know these are sourced local this is, this is local cedar sourced or whatever I mean they're more or less just telephone poles like if you sure. look at them up close it's just look at like a telephone pole so this is like they had that you know they hired this telephone pole company to drill in and and install this art piece because they had to drill down 15 feet into like solid limestone or something like yeah. that. So that's another big reason like why it took so long because it took two years to install this thing. Wow, damn. Uh, and I I bet you it's hard to find trees that tall to cut a solid piece of cedar out of, right? Those trees got to be expensive. I mean I'm look I don't know I don't, I don't, yeah I don't, I don't know, know. Um, you would you would think. I'm just saying we could do it for cheaper. I think so. Yeah. And and in a year's time, Nashville. So <laughs> if you want it done, if you want an art installation, we'll quit our job us. for seven hundred and fifty grand, You're at right. least for now. That's right. All right. Well, uh, I'm gonna cover uh the Parthenon, which quick Oh boy. F- what is that? It's a Greek temple. Okay. <laughs> so quick fact. Uh in Greece, the Parthenon is pronounced Parthenon, and uh, I bet you didn't know that. Parthenon? But, but here in America, like we pronounce par- it... Parthenon? Parthenon. Parthenon. I'm hungry now. Um, but here in America, we're going to just call it the Parthenon. Uh, I got my info from Old Town Trolley Tours, the best tour company in Nashville. Hmm. And so, all right, so I just want to give my reference for, uh, for my information. Grayline's not going to be happy you said that. Neither is HistoryChannel.com. <laughs> yeah, well, I'll get back to the History Channel. Uh, so, all right, sitting in the center of Centennial Park on the west side of Nashville is a full-size replica of the ancient Greek temple in Athens. Um, inside the temple is a 42-foot statue of the goddess Athena, the tallest— this is interesting, I, I, I was blown away— the tallest indoor artistic work of its kind in the Western Hemisphere— it was designed by an artist, uh, Alan LaCroix, in 1990, which I didn't know that. I thought it was prior to that. But anyway, uh, that the statue. Yeah. Um, all right, so the history is uh, originally it was constructed as part of the Tennessee Centennial and Exposition held in 1897. The Parthenon is the only structure preserved from that historic event. Um, in the 19th century, Nashville, which we've covered before, uh, earned the nickname the Athens of the South, due to the number of universities and colleges within the greater Nashville area. So also there was a, a strong academic commitment to public school and education in Nashville. So we were really well known for that, sure. which I have to wonder what happened. Um, <laughs> Bachelorettes. Dude, I, you know, McGavick. Girls. Um, <laughs> um, so due to this nickname, the residents uh, 
chose a Greek theme to commemorate the 100th anniversary of Tennessee statehood. So the temple is the pinnacle of classical architecture and features plaster replicas of the Parthenon marbles. Uh, the originals of those marbles are located in the British Museum in London. Gotcha. Um, originally, it was meant to be a permanent fixture. It wasn't meant to be a permanent fixture and was constructed from plaster, brick, and wood. But due to the popularity and the cost of demolishing it, uh, it was saved from demolition and replaced with a concrete edifice. So wait, so they just uh, go, they just built onto it? They put concrete around the plaster and wood and cardboard yeah. or whatever? Oh, really? Well, yeah, that's that's what the, I understood. Huh. I guess you already have kind of like a template or a prototype, yeah, right? Yeah, just build onto it. Yeah, so. it's like tracing. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, so uh, outside construction began in 1920 and ended in 1925. Inside, uh, the inside of the, the structure was finished six years later. This is pretty neat, too. So there are two seven-ton bronze entrance doors, uh, one in the east and one on the uh, west end of the building. They are the largest doors of their kind in the world, which I was like, damn, man, that's pretty cool. Um, That's two things, largest indoor statue, largest doors of their kind. Biggest doors, yeah, Yeah. of their kind. So an art museum uh, inside houses. If you have a statue that big, you got to have some pretty big doors to get it in. To get it in and out, right. You know, Hand in hand. There you go, man, putting things together. An art museum uh, inside houses impressionist paintings dating from 1765 through 1925, uh, all-American artists. Um, So we're talking about the statue of Athena real quick. So Athena is, uh, she's in the East Room on the second floor, and that's the the setting. Um, She's the tallest statue in the country, roughly weighs 12 tons. Uh, It was recreated on a careful scholarly, based on, careful scholarly work as to the appearance of the long-lost original statue by Phidus that resided in the original temple. So I'd always heard, and I, I meant to try and look this up, the original Athena, you know, it's on the Acropolis in, mm-hmm. in Athens, Greece, and the, the original Athena statue was supposedly the same height and all that, and so they, they have, like, records of what it looked like and they tried to recreate it, but the original was made of gold, which is like, damn, dude. Um, so they recreated this one in plaster, but then they added gold leaf um, in 2002, I guess, to give it that appearance. It's cheaper than actual gold. Hell yeah. So <laughs> Athena, uh, she has a shield in, uh, held in her left hand and a life-size statue of the goddess Nike uh, in her right palm. And, and that's, he's in the in the Nike as tall as we are, like it's, it's almost six feet tall or something. It's life size to it, like a human. Yeah, that's insane. And if you've ever, I've seen it. We've, you know, I know old boy and I had to go to probably field trips there when we were kids. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. I've been in that building and I've seen it. Um, I'm blown away that they didn't put that statue in there for almost 70 years after it was completed. Right. It, if you've been in that room, it's a big-ass room because it has to have the biggest indoor statue. What was in that room before the statue? Because, you know, we were kids. I don't remember. It was a barbecue joint. <laughs> <laughs> so she's got the – Nike is the goddess of victory, so um, she's palming Nike in her in her hand. Um, and there's also a 20-foot-tall serpent between Athena and her shield. Um, 
and I'm just pulling this out of memory, I believe the severed head of Medusa is the centerpiece of her shield, which makes for a pretty badass weapon. It is. So Athena, like I grew up, I was a huge, I was a huge like Greek mythology nerd when I was a kid. That's why we're the type of friends we are. No doubt. And uh, so Athena has always been my favorite too of, of the Greek gods. She's the goddess of wisdom and warfare, but not... Like, Ares is the god of war. She's more strategic. He's destructive war. She's more like strategy. Um, so, yeah. And I I really, I, I considered naming Samantha Athena. Did you really? I did. So, I told her that this morning, and she was like, eh. <laughs> <laughs> um, did uh, you Did you hear that the Parthenon – See, I always heard these these folk tales of the Parthenon because it's obviously you know it just stands out like a like a elephant, right? Oh, it's sure. Huge, and um, so I always heard these stories that during that centennial, what they did, and I don't maybe you read this or maybe you didn't, is they kind of created the seven wonders of the world and all that plaster. And I heard a storm came through because the centennial lasted for like six weeks to three months or something. Yeah. And a storm came through and knocked down every single one but that, and but that, that was the reason they said it. it could it could stay. But I, that that's a story, just like uh, Jimmy Church or whatever. I guess his name is Jimmy Prince. Jimmy the Prince. name is Prince's Fried Chicken. <laughs> I think you think Church's Chicken when you when you think, I think chicken. I do. Sorry, Jimmy Prince. That, that's just a story, just right? folklore. But no, now that you bring that up, I have heard that too. Um, but I did not read that. Which is pretty impressive. And for, you know, those of you out there listening, Centennial Park does a lot of great things. I mean, the Dog Day Festival, the Italian street fairs that we went to growing up, the uh, arts and crafts stuff, they use those grounds really well. Yeah. They've held concerts there. They used to do, do you remember when we were kids on like uh, Channel 4, they did those races in the morning? It was like the, on that little lake in the back. I always wanted to do that. Yeah, that was cool. Um, so it's always on the morning news, but the, the Parthenon is really cool. You walk around the grounds. There's so many different statues and, uh, it's a nice park. Yeah. It, it's yeah. They have I've, that little shell where they do the acting on it. It's like the back of it's a seashell and it has a stage. Oh yeah. Yeah. And they got that, uh, that one of our favorite dive bars is like right there. Oh yeah. Springwater. Yeah. Springwater supper club. That's yeah. yeah I saw Dirt the black floors. keys there once. Yeah. It was awesome. They don't serve liquor. Okay. Um, so I've got a good transition because uh, Alan LeCure, is that how you pronounce it? I guess. Alan LeCure uh, created Athena in 1990 in the Parthenon. Right. Uh, he's also from Nashville. Uh, he's currently 65 years old. He graduated from Vanderbilt University. Um, and his dad actually worked at Vanderbilt, too. In, I think, it wasn't an art department, but his dad worked there in some form or fashion. And his mom was an artist, so he grew up. Uh, in the sculpting world. And the only way I can see that is like, do you start off like uh, uh, the movie Ghost? Like you're just making little pots and then it gets bigger and bigger and bigger? Uh, I think you start out with Play-Doh. Maybe you do start out <laughs> with Play-Doh. Did they have Play-Doh 65 years ago? You got a yes. pottery wheel? Is that, is that how you think it starts <laughs> yeah. with a pottery wheel? If you're doing statues. So he created the tallest indoor statue in the country, which is Athena. He also is credited for creating... That big monstrosity you see at the top of Demumbrian at the roundabout there that connects Music Row, uh, Buddy Killing Circle. And uh, he... It's called Buddy Killing Circle? <laughs> that, yes. That's... All those naked kids? No, no, no. no. <laughs> the, the road 
is a circle, right? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so, no. Alan LeCure uh, created Musica, is what it is actually called. If you didn't know that out there, most people know it as the naked statue, like Nashville's naked statue thing, you know, that occasionally gets dressed uh, randomly in the middle of the, like in the dark of the night. And then it becomes a news story for a day. And then somebody takes clothes back off because they're they're mad. But um, Musica was created in 2003. and it is actually 40 feet tall. It contains nine, I love this, nine colossal nude figures um, all dancing in a circle. These figures are about 14 to 15 feet tall. Now, speaking of largest, this is actually the largest bronze figure group statue in the United States. Man, this guy is just going for it <laughs> he, every he, single time, right? He wants bigger and Records. better. So, the as most of you Nashvilleans have seen, these figures are in a circle. There are five at the base, uh, three rising in the center, and a woman on top holding a... Acorn. <laughs> no. I... Tambourine? Tambourine, oh. that is correct. Um, and you wonder why there's a single tambourine. What is that? What is that, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> it's getting harder and harder to do. Um, so this is actually meant, there's a lot of meaning behind this statue. Uh, it is a physical expression of music. It conveys the importance of music to our city. So what he wanted to do was, you know, connect all of the music to our city, uh, Speaking of that, he didn't want it to be country music themed too, because you got to think it was created in 2003. Originally, everybody, every naked person up there had instruments. Um, but it, it after it was all said and done, it was singled down to a to a tambourine. Hmm. Can you imagine a bunch of people not dancing, but like a guy with a guitar and his junk hanging out below the guitar? Maybe the guitar would cover it up. You um, want me to imagine that? <laughs> can you just stop what you're doing? And imagine that for a second. Yeah, just a, a single tambourine. People Close your eyes. Dancing around. Uh, another fun fact about that, and you've all seen them. They're naked people. I yeah. mean, uh, did you know that they he used live models while creating these? Every one of those nine people is a living, breathing human being. That's pretty cool. Um, they came in and he created the statues. It consists of uh, a Caucasian man and a woman, a African-American man and a woman, an Asian-American woman, a Hispanic man and woman, and a Native American man. So he's like kind of covered all of the bases there. And you can't tell because they're all in bronze. Right. right? So we're all the same. But uh, I I like the idea of the fact that there's only a simple tambourine. Yeah. um, Because that's one of the simplest instruments you can get. It could be played in almost any type of music i guess sure. except well it, but i mean you know have you ever heard a single you know a solo a tambourine solo i don't know if i have hmm. i don't know it'd be tough maybe uh they'd have to be singing maybe juice box can look that up and play us out to a single t- tambourine, tambourine solo a solo tambourine or a tambourine man i do enjoy I, you know i can see maybe it maybe it's suggesting that Music is best listened to naked, which I can get behind. Okay, I, I that dancing naked, yeah, in the streets. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, I mean I'm that's down. basically what they're doing. So this one actually cost one point one million dollars to create. Um, it they're all completely in bronze, and it was created in like Wyoming and brought in here. Yeah, I can only imagine how heavy are those semis or just. 
Like, can you imagine driving down the road and seeing a semi just a naked statues all over this thing? Like, or do you think they cratered it up? Because those things they are pretty damn to. tall. Yeah, I'm sure they cratered yeah, it they, up. Yeah, I'm sure they did too. I'm, well, and also they're probably in pieces too. Like, I would imagine they like they connect it together somehow or something. Like, it's you wouldn't think it's just I'm, a 14 foot person holding up a tambourine. I'm really interested in bronze. It's it's bronze. Bronze sculptures are like my favorite form of art. And okay. uh, so I, I know a little bit about it. So you have to create like a plaster cast and, and they inject the, they inject the bronze into it to mm-hmm. form it and stuff. It's, it's, it's real neat. Um, I cannot imagine how long, how long did it take the dude to do it? Uh, I didn't really look that up. It, okay. it didn't take the, I mean, obviously however long it takes to make a statue, I'm assuming a couple of years. Um, yeah, because it, it is pretty impressive. Um, I wanted to say, obviously when he, when it, when it was okayed or commissioned and he started building it, um, you know, people in the town started to take notice because they're, you know, complete nude, you know, frontal nudity on all of these statues. And, uh, it was met with backlash obviously. And there were a lot of people, a lot of government representatives in the city who said we should be spending our money elsewhere. Um, you know, this is not a good allocation of our money. It's, you know, uh, it's obscene. It's, you know, people don't want to see that. And he had to like argue it's the simplest form of, you know, uh, nudity. Like I'm not doing, I'm not making dongs bigger or anything like that. You know, it's like statue of David type stuff. Right, dude. People, America's real backwards on sex. Yeah. Um, So let me jump in here real quick. Cause um, I I had said in the, in my segment that, uh, the sticks was $750,000 and that was considered the most expensive thing. And you said this one cost $1.1 million. I did look into that a little bit when we were doing research on this episode. It was funded by, like, privately, basically, by, like, local art people. Like, Really? Yeah. So some money may have come to the go- from the government, um, but a bulk of it was pr- funded by, like, anonymous donors is basically what it says. Probably a bunch of Vanderbilt people. Um, yeah. Maybe just so people big... that just wanted to see some wangs out on the <laughs> That's it. That's right, man. Give me an office window. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so after the backlash in 2003 to 2004, obviously in the darker, you know, uh, still of the night, uh, clothes started appearing on these statues. And... Um, they were obviously, if it's 15 feet tall, you got to make clothes like three times as big to get them on the statues. And then, um, you somehow they were getting them on there and nobody knew who this group was that was doing it. And I, I, there is a college right down the street. It's got to be college, okay, college kids. kids. It's got to be fucking college. Bored college kids. Well, they're getting out of the bar at Demumbrian, probably high as kites, just thinking, you know what we should do. This sounds very <laughs> much like something we would have done. Like, we should put some clothes on these things. So uh, it got so bad there, and I, I vividly remember this on the news, that, like people were looking for the people because they considered it vandalism. And I'm like, man, they just spent their own money putting clothes on these statues i think it's funny it just being funny in 2010 at saint for the saint patrick's day uh celebration up there 
they, there was a group that actually was allowed to put clothes on there and put kilts and Irish wear on the statues. Okay. Um, that continued again until 2011, but it was never done after that because on 2011, a storm came through and ripped all the clothes off of the, the statues. Wow. Um, it was only done really once more uh, when the Preds made that run to the playoffs. They put, uh, I think, a stand with us, Nashville T-shirts on all of the statues up there. Um, it is cool to see, and if you ever get a chance to see when they put clothes on them, it, it, it's just pretty cool. That's the only other time it's been done is for the Predators in the playoffs? Yeah, that... I think so. Uh, huh. I could be wrong. I mean, the... I felt like I'd, I felt like it was becoming more embraced and they were doing it like more off. I mean, not all the time, but I feel like I've seen it for some other stuff besides just kilts and the Preds. I haven't seen it in a in a while, huh. but I could okay. be, I could be wrong about that. Um, back to Alan Lacure. Uh, again, he created Athena. He created, uh, Musica. Uh, he also created the statue, uh, reg- that I mentioned in the beginning of the podcast regarding the 19th amendment, uh, the women's right to vote. It's, it currently stands on war Memorial Plaza out there on that big space there. Yeah. Um, he has created that, like the Davy Crockett and cluster of people outside of Centennial park, um, and then he did another women's suffrage movement thing in Knoxville, Tennessee, that's pretty big down on Market Street. Um, so he's he's from Tennessee. I mean, you know, obviously he takes awesome. great pride in, in doing all these things and putting these statues in places for people to see. That's that's really cool, actually. Okay, so before we get out of here today, uh, and we, again, always really appreciate you taking the time to listen, and hopefully you learned something today about the city of Nashville. We haven't done this in a while, but I did want to provide an update. Oh, this is juicy. We uh, When we find out that somebody has listened to one of our episodes and calls us out, it's one of our favorite things because we get to provide an update. Um, and a previous, uh, is it Dr. Hay? It's not Dr. Hay still in jail. It's going to be a while. Mm -hmm. Don't talk about it. So a previous interview that we've had on the podcast was Zeke Baker. He is one of the two dads drinking bourbon, uh, podcasts and Facebook groups and everything else. He actually sent me a message this morning saying that he, he's listening to the Boy Scouts episode. And he says, he says he can tell us what we blows is. Okay. And uh, I was actually blown away by this. It is a transition between the Cubs and the actual Scouts. So I was right about that. But we didn't know what it stood for. We Blow stands for... <laughs> My mind went to a very dark place. Yeah, it was, it really, yeah I was going to go there too and I called it off. We Blow stands for We Become Loyal Scouts. We be... L O and S. You just kind of put it together. And when he sent huh. me that, all I could think about was Schlotsky's Deli. Because Schlotsky's, if you didn't know this, it's not a family. It's not somebody named Schlotsky. It's, we'll send you to school. You'll make lots of money and sky's the limit. S C H L O T Z S K Y. Schlotsky's. What the f- it was what? today when you learned that, and I hope everybody else enjoyed that little tidbit too. Cool. That yeah, that, that was, is my update. That kind of just blew my mind a little bit. Wow. Well, that's a good way to end it. Uh, so as always, you know, wherever you're taking your time, and we really appreciate it at listening to us today. Uh, feel free to click on that button. Take 30 seconds. Just click a like. You don't need to rate us. You don't need to leave a review. We know what we do, and we like it good. As always, as we like to say though. How's your mama in them? I think it's tell your mama in them. Tell your mama. <laughs>
I'm tired. Tell your mom and them to, to give us a listen. Uh, we might give you a shout out. Reach out to us on our socials. Uh, tell us what you want to hear. But um, again, we really appreciate it, and we'll see you guys next week. Uh, we hope you guys enjoyed listening. If you don't have children, have one. Have one. Catch up. Yeah. We want you to know what we go through. Yeah. The fear.